Welcome to On the Fable. I'm Dorothy, and I'm here with a wonderful group of Christian women to discuss the issues of the day. Much like we did in the old days around the kitchen table when the kids were in school. The call-in number is 646-595-4784. You want to call in with a question on the prayer request. Press 1 to raise your hand in the queue. Our contact email is onthetablebc.mail.com. Now, we may not all agree all of the time, but isn't that half fun? Different perspectives coming from different experiences and learning from each other? Pull up a chair and join us on this most excellent adventure in the reality of Christianity. Let's just see what's on the table tonight. Welcome to this evening's program. program. It's entitled entitled Attacks on the Family. family. I'm Ronnie, Ronnie. and we have Pam and Dorothy here with us this evening. Say hi, everyone. Good evening. (laughs) Ronnie, do you have do you have a speaker on on the on the computer? I'm getting echo. I don't know if anyone else is getting echo. Are you getting it now? Yeah. Pam, are you getting echo? No. I've got to have my speaker on because I haven't got my headphones. Okay. Is that what's causing it? I hope not. Uh, Um, I heard it in the beginning, but I'm not hearing it now. Yeah, I have this set up every week, so I don't think uh, there's been any bother before. Yeah, I okay. don't know. I have the same setup too. It seems to be going, but yeah. Okay, why don't you start? I'm going to go get Tony. Um, it's not there anymore. Oh, good. Okay. So. Okay. Good. Great. What would you like to start us out in prayer, Pam? Uh, yes, started. I will. Wonderful. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time that we can come together. We invite you, Holy Spirit, into this conversation tonight, and we ask that you'll guide us and bring in the right people, and that, Father, you'll guide us in, in how we discuss these matters, that you'll open our eyes, you'll open our heart and our understanding, Lord, to understand 
that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and wicked spirits in high places that attack the very heart, your very heart, Lord, when you created families. And we give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity to speak in your name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All okay, right. Well. <laughs> Why don't we start off on where how how there are so many attacks on the family right now in different ways. Um, I know all of us have had dealings with the social services for children. They're called different things in different countries and different states, but it seems yes. like. They're, when they're good, they're very, very good. But when they're bad, they're horrible. So, um, if one of you want to start to start addressing that, or huh? Well, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that, Dorothy. I think that you can run into um, different workers that might be very, very good, but. Um, I think as a whole, the, the, the Department of Children's Services, um, I just don't think it's run very well at all. Um, I, I have had dealings with children's services. I um, was a, what they call a, um, well, I was a, a caretaker for my grandson, my my. my one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, um, got involved in drugs, and he was very young, and he was taken out of the home um, and placed with me. And so I've had a lot of dealings with DCFS, um, and I had my grandson for years. Um, and... Uh, so I saw a lot of I saw some good and I saw some bad out of the organization and in the end when I walked away from the whole experience I really believe to this day that they need to tear it all down and rebuild the 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 um organization um from the ground up because to be honest with you what I saw was a business was a money making business they get so much money, and they take kids away um, for sometimes in instances. I know that they they do some people good, but sometimes I don't think children needed to have been taken away that were taken away. I think that there maybe could have been um, leave the children there because they weren't in harm and perhaps pursue a different avenue with the parents. Um, but it is what it is. I know that um, a lot of children, a lot of children end up missing out of children's services. I know a lot of children end up getting hurt or killed that are in children's social services um, with foster parents that are are supposed to be good good parents, and they were taken out of the family's home and put into something even worse. So... I just uh I just believe even a few tragedies a year would be enough to 
um, what am I trying to say? To go back and to um, find ways of doing things better in the organization, but they don't. They just continue on in the same manner. And that's, you know, they, they seem incompetent at times. And then uh, other times when I, I, because I was so involved in it, you know, you have to take a lot of classes and you have to um, get to meet other foster parents and, and things like that in, in these classes. And sometimes I would see foster parents that truly I, I just did not, well, I, don't, I just don't know. I, I've seen workers that left children in horrendous situations, horrendous situations. Um, um, when they should have been removed. So I've seen it go both ways. Um, right. Sometimes. Oh, mm-hmm. Sometimes they get it right, and it seems like most of the time they get it wrong. Um. Well, I was involved with a woman once that her son was, was taken, this wasn't my daughter, but her son was taken away from her um, because of, of not not the lady I knew, but the parent of the child. The mother was involved in drug use, so they gave it to the father, but the father was an alcoholic. But they let the father have the child, and the chi- he would abuse the child, and the child ended up running down the middle of a highway one night to get away from this man. And when the mother called and complained about it, evidently the worker didn't care. And they just continued to let this child stay with this man. So I, uh, I, 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 there's no rhyme or reason. It, it just depends on the worker that you get. Yeah, I, I think they definitely need more training. Um, my sister-in-law also worked social services, but she didn't work for the state of California. She worked for a, a consulting firm that did work with the state. Dorothy. Hi, Roz. Welcome to the Dorothy. show. Hi, Roz. Hi, you can talk. Hi. I could talk today, yes. Yesterday oh, there was no talking, there was squeaking. I was going through Dorothy with straw. I wasn't able but, to talk to you for a while because you're feeling not so well. Yeah, the breathing has been an issue. Who else do we have with us? Ronnie and Pam. Oh, Pam's there. Hi, Ronnie and Pam. Hi. Hi. <laughs> sorry. I couldn't wait to sorry, Dorothy, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just could not wait to hear your voice because you know, I you know, I was texting you yesterday and you know and you told me you weren't feeling well and it was like, Oh, come on <laughs> You know how I get. Yes. I'm gonna so. have to make you a recording or something on a day I can breathe. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was that was terrible. Praying for you right away. I was like, Father, do something. I need my Dorothy. Okay, I'm done. 
(laughs) (laughs) And Ronnie's in charge of the studio tonight because she's going to take over if one of these days this not breathing hits on a show night. So, right, Ronnie? Yes, that's right. I'm going to try. Okay, so social services, I don't know, because I've had both good experience and bad with the same agencies, you know? Mm -hmm. With Connecticut, they did very well on my youngest grandchildren. Of course, I did the, you know, grandmother's rights thing, and I sat at the table and I ran my mouth, you know. Uh-huh. This, this is okay. This is not okay. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually got it so that in order for them to, you know, because sometimes they like to just move the kids around in a foster situation. But, you know, Harold and I had placed the kids in the home we wanted, and she had to go through all the hoops to become a real foster. So we made it so that they had to actually come to court to remove them if there was going to be a removal. There wasn't. And then on the other hand, in the extended family, we had uh, children taken from the mother and father because they were both drug addicts, and they were placed with the alcoholic grandparents. So, Yes, that's what I'm talking about. It does not make sense, does it? It doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't know how we can fix that other than those of us who still can become part of the solution and become foster parents and step in for these kids who need, you know, it's hard to be a foster parent. I give kudos to whoever can do it Um, because you're talking about emotionally damaged children who act out. And uh, to deal with that is very difficult, very difficult. And to reach out and make them feel loved. But I don't, other than that, I don't know what to do about the bureaucracy. It seems to me every time you get, try to get government to do something, it turns into a bureaucracy, and then it yeah. makes a mess. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of political influence, I think, with foster systems. And I think that's where the big problem is, but we know why that is. And I think it's too deep a subject to go into on this on this particular show. <clears throat> you mean the spiritual enemy behind it? Well, we can we can go that far. Yeah, we can go that far. But I mean, how it how it how it shows uh, because I think it's the same globally, really, because. It's the same here. I went, me and me and Paul went to to to, to Duffostrin, and uh, we went to meetings. And uh, after a while, I mean, your hands are tied before you can even get through meetings. You know, they tell you what you can and can't do, mm-hmm. and you can't go by a set of rules per child. You have to deal with the situation on an individual mm-hmm. level, and uh, I thought they were too restrictive. You know, you can't say this and you can't do that and you've got to do this. And, and I said, Paul, this is not fostering. I said, this is them controlling 
and um, so we are backed off and I said well, I want to foster kids I've always wanted to and I've looked after kids all my life and never had any problems with them they've all they've never wanted to go home they've always wanted to uh, to stay you know and, and, and they couldn't wait to come back another time but this this fostering it's um, it's too politically motivated it's it's strang- it's got a stranglehold mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what's the, it's a there's business. a lot of good people it's that work in It is. Mm-hmm. Yes, on, on many levels. And if anybody tries to rock the boat, they move. I'm sorry, Miss, what you just said. Say, so if anybody because. tries to do something and, and they rock the boat, mm-hmm. they end up being moved. Suddenly you can't get yeah. hold of them. Right. We've we found right. that out several times. When they've tried yeah. to help to do what's right, suddenly they're not available. They've gone on a course or, you know, they're with another case. And you know it's a cover-up. You know it, you know it for certain. But, um, I mean, the, the, yeah. the reason for fostering was to help children that were in, mm-hmm. in uh, risky situations, in bad situations. Mm-hmm. But it's been been taken over by the the ruthless basically but mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. one of the greatest thing on god's heart is great love is families and he created families and he loves families mm-hmm. and it's, it's the devil's way of getting straight mm-hmm. to god's heart by destroying families and mm-hmm. i think they you know the the, the from the first family from, from adam and eve he, he went in yeah right yeah. from the beginning uh, yeah and what what happened? Yeah. It, it got brother against brother straight away. Yeah, yeah. So straight yeah, to the family. But what is the alternative for these broken families that are already broken? I mean, the, these drug addicts. My goodness, you you read the stories where they've got the kids in the car and they just shoot up and. Yeah. You yeah. know what? What is the alternative? You have to take like, a child out of that environment. I'm not yeah. trying to say that by any means. No, no child needs to live like that. If the government doesn't do it, not that they're doing it very well, uh, because they're also under mandate here from the courts to work very hard towards restoring the family. So they bend over backwards well, to restore their that's family. What they say, that's what they say. But, you know, yeah. when Bill Clinton was in office, he he uh, he put a law in for if he were, I don't know what the name of this law is. I think it's the adoption in the safe family is what I wrote down here. But he put a, a, a law into effect where social services gets a kickback from every child that gets adopted out. So oh, you mean every child they Mm, yeah, so every child they adopt out, they get $4,000. And if it's a special needs child, they get 2000 more on top of that. So there is an incentive there. Well, so I think that's a fair care, too. Because um, I know the, um, the person who has my grandchildren gets mm-hmm. a monthly fee, even though she's gone through the adoption process now and adopted it, mm-hmm. they still give her money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Like, you know, it's like a, they gave me a monthly check. Uh-huh. 
was, I think it was and close the, to $500. And there are, I mean, I know we've read all read the stories about people who just fought, do foster care to get the money, you know? Yes. Yeah. She gets more per head than I get in disability. So it's, I can see where there would be temptation. But um, Well, this isn't the families that get the money. This is the social services. The organization gets the money. But it's what do the families do with the money? What Maybe do they not. do with the money? I don't know. I don't know. They have but to get money get. from somewhere to give to the, the fosters. Well, that comes out of the federal government. That's a check written to me by the government. So, and I don't have any problems with people getting money for the children that they're fostering. I I, I don't have that. I don't. But I'd like to know that someone is actually looking out for the kids and and they're not placed with, with alcoholics. We know alcohol Alcoholism does just as much damage as a, a drug addict. It's just a different drug. So yes, I, I agree you know, with that. I have problems when they're told this is what happened and the child's saying, my father gets drunk and he was beating me, so I ran down the highway at 12 o'clock at night. And he's seven years old, Dorothy. I have a problem with a worker that thinks it's okay to leave the child there. And... I was friends with the woman that called and complained, and um, she had to go up to the supervisor, and then the supervisor didn't do anything, so she went above her, and it just continued right up the line until she's calling corporate down in L.A. And, you know, nobody ever did a thing. Nobody ever did a thing. There's something wrong there. That's why I said I think that they really need a restructuring Mm-hmm. Satan's probably behind it too. You know, so they a, definitely uh, need they, de- they definitely need better discernment. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, or more schooling, or something, something. Just common sense would tell you not to leave a child in that situation. They're there to help the kids. That's what they're supposed to be there for. So, I see. I still think at least they're trying to do something. Well, so what do you think we can do as individuals to help the situation? Gosh, you know, we kind of have our hands tied by them, don't we? So I think our our fight will be in the spiritual realm by prayer. Um, I think if we see a child being neglected or beaten, that we need to do whatever's necessary. Mm-hmm. And I mean a beating. I don't mean a spanking. Because sometimes people get carried away now that... That's what I was going to talk about, the Patriot Act. After 9-11, we had the Patriot Act come in, and there was a woman. Remember that woman? Do you remember the story, story, anybody, of the woman that was on the flight? And she was having a bad day, and she had a couple of her kids with her, 
and they knocked her her drink. Um, she was, I think she was drinking a Bloody Mary, and they knocked it into her lap because they were jumping around on the plane. And she got mad, and she whacked them each three times on the thigh and told them to sit down. And how the story, anyway, the story went, um, she ended up getting arrested under the Patriot Act and having her children taken away prominently, prominently, Dorothy. So this is what, these are the things, these are the horror stories that I hear, and I just wonder who are the judges sitting presiding over these cases and who are the workers that are doing this and why? Why are they doing this? Well, some of them are just... Personally, I don't think it's wrong to spank your child. No. It gets their attention. But you don't beat a child. It's it's a very fine line. But there are a lot of, you know, even, uh, you know, otherwise... In the system, there are a lot of those liberal regressive judges who just, their their thought process is so skewed that they couldn't Mm -hmm. make a decent judgment call if they were on fire, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the problem, too. We ended up with a very good judge for the smaller grandchildren. that he, he's doing an, an, another one, you know, for us. And well, he's, good. you know, bending over backwards to make sure the mother has a chance to present her case before just taking her right. And, and the mother is not a bad person. She's not a drug addict. She's just not able to parent. You know, she doesn't have the wherewithal to parent. Well, wait so, a minute. What do you mean? She's not a bad person and she's not a drug addict. Why did she have a child taken from her? Because she doesn't... I don't know what the current politically correct phrasing is for this, but she is not mentally capable or emotionally capable to parent a child. You have to be able to make good decisions. This child needed medical attention and surgery on her eyes, and she took both the foster parents and social services to court so that the child didn't have the surgery, wouldn't have the surgery. I mean, she lost the case. The kid got the surgery because she needed it. But the, the um, what do you call that, oh, Pam? When a, that's going to open up a whole can of right there. But mentally she loves challenged? the child. Is that politically correct? She, yeah, <laughs> mentally challenged and emotionally well, challenged. Well, they're going to have to bring in Jehovah Witnesses. They don't believe in surgeries that have anything to do with blood transfusions. They don't get their kids taken away. She was not... She she got I'm the child saying. taken This is not her first child being taken away. She's in the system, so... When she starts pumping them out, you know, they take them away because she's on the record is not being able. But, you know, it's not that, like I said, it's that child, fortunately, was taken away at birth. So she's not traumatized. Mm -hmm. You know, 
the foster mother is a little traumatized having to go to court and put up with a bunch of nonsense, but the child, yeah, it's good, you know. Yeah. So yeah, everyone's so quiet tonight. Yeah, everyone is quiet tonight. I, I'm surprised. I thought I'd be the quiet one. I still just oh, want to go to sleep. I thought I'd be the quiet one. Uh, but so there is good there. Good happens there. The bottom, for for the most part, the people who work there, the social workers, they're not there for no good reason. I mean, I got a good perspective on all this from my sister-in-law. And she would, you know, when we would get together, which wasn't very often because she lives near San Francisco, so we didn't, you know, it's the other side of the country. So when we would visit, she would tell me stories. And that woman worked at least 88 million hours a week just trying to keep up with the children in need. I think the problem is so big that that it's hard to get anything decent done. But when they do hit the mark, they do it well. Like, I wish my sister-in-law could be the social worker for all the kids. That's not feasible. She's only one person. But she had a heart for it. And that's like the social worker for the little ones, my little ones. She had a heart for it. You know, so to some people it's just a job, I'm sure. Some to people others, are. Right. So I, I think it's just a matter of different difference in people. And they do make silly rules. I mean, they made... Tammy clean up her basement. Now, it was just a regular basement where you store stuff. Well, they decided they didn't like that. I mean, how stupid is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, they come up with the stupidest things. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. test to see if they'll jump through the right hoop fast enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they do. Jump through this hoop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... But, I don't know. There's a lot of children that end up in foster care that end up missing. They're missing. Yes, they just there are. They're not missing. You hear them on TV all the time. Yeah, so what happens to those children? I know some of those children are teenagers and run away. I understand that. But some of them aren't. Some of them are children. And why aren't the DCFS workers reporting it to the judges? Anybody. Because I think... Because they're not going out I, and checking on them. I think... Well, first of all, they're, they're overloaded. Um, And I think that what happens is there are still people... You know there are people who never grow up. And you know when you catch a kid that broke the vase in the house and you actually saw him do it and you say, did you break that vase? Oh, no, I didn't do that. And it's a it's a childish reaction to try and cover your misdeeds, you know. So I think that's part of it. That's not a good excuse, Dorothy. It's not a good excuse. It's human nature. It's human nature. You can't. That's why I said it needs to be restructured. And there needs to be accountability, and there needs to be, um, well, it just needs to be run better. 
And part of the problem is you it's so secretive because of privacy laws, mm-hmm. and it has to be pretty much, you know, for the children's sake, is that it's hard for anyone on the outside to do anything to fix it because you won't have the information you need to fix it. Right? I think it's the way people just... Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm kind of probably the... I'm probably the... Maybe I'm just not good for this conversation, but um, I just think that people just need to take responsibility, you know, and I know not everybody's family is, is all, you know, um, there. But if you're going to have a child, um, take responsibility as an adult. You know, those, and I and I said this from the very first show, <clears throat> children are gifts. They're gifts from I God. Agree. And I agree. Yeah. I, You're a blessing. And, and I... And I understand that when someone has a child and they can't take care of it, you know, they should be responsible, stand up and suck it up and just, and just, you know, put the child up for adoption or, you know, don't try to fight to keep it because it just isn't going to work. And the only reason why I'm saying that is, number one, I was, for a very short period of time, I was in foster care when I was younger because my mom was abusive. Well, I tried to tell the director that my foster mother was having an affair with someone, but he just would not listen. And it's like, are you say, what, are you saying that just because I'm a 17-year-old girl and I don't know what in the world I'm talking about? Because she's doing this, and what kind of example is that being set for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I turned 18 and I was out of there. But mm-hmm. the thing of it is, is they're not they're not digging deep enough into these people. They're just it just seems like you know they're just taking anybody. I don't and mm-hmm. and my foster father worked for Boeing. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, they both had really good education, you know, and everything else. And but they were messing around with other people. So and you know what? And as Social services wouldn't even care about something like that because it's not something they would, it's just a moral, it's a moral thing, you know. It's no, not just something that, that they feel will damage a child. It's not a drug abuse or, or, you know, physical abuse of any kind against a child. It's not against the child. So they don't take those kinds of things into consideration. Well, they didn't find out. This didn't come out into the. This didn't come out into the surface until after I left. They found out that they were doing this. And did um, they care? Oh yeah, they cared. They fired them. Oh, good. It's like, are you Yay. serious? After the fact, and, and and that's great. But see, the the point of me being there no was point. to have healing. So I I had no, I had no, you know, it was unstable to begin with. So, and maybe that's one but, of the, the solutions to this problem is maybe they should take what the children say into account instead of ignoring a child. Yeah. It might have been just that she was the first one, first one giving evidence. It was the first 
peg. Because so you need more than one peg to convict someone, you know? Uh, yeah, but it doesn't make it right. No, and it's like that little boy no, that told the social right, worker that his dad was beating him. But they didn't do anything. You know, so, like, yes, by all means, they should be listening to these kids. They have to have evidence. <laughs> Just like they have to have evidence to take the kids away from their biological parents, they have to have evidence of misdeeds for the foster parents. And if you're at plus when you're dealing with children, these children in foster care are traumatized, and emotionally damaged. So I get you're that. Gonna, but you're going to view no, their, that you're going to view what they me. say through that, that lens. This is a life thing with me, though, Dorothy. Every time I tell somebody something, they don't listen, and then when and then they find out about it. Well, that's, so they went through how many foster kids until they until the, the agency realized what they were doing. So how many kids ran through there, and I know how many kids ran through there, until until this all came out in the wash. So <laughs> so so this I'm taking with me my whole life. I remember this, but see, but yet I don't I don't as a child in that situation know that it was wrong. Number one, um, you know I I they knew that I was Christian, but yet they tried to get talk me into doing out of body experiences, which is bull. And you know, I mean I was I was smart enough, at least at that age, to know not to dive into it. Um mm-hmm. but still it's the fact that, you know, they these people need, they really need, whether the child is traumatized or not, if they see something wrong, they really need mm-hmm. to listen. Mm-hmm. At I totally least check agree it with out. That. Yeah, at least check it out. At least listen to them and check it out. And that means to go further than just to question the person that is supposed to be the offender of whatever. I know that's what that's what North Carolina did with Lindsay and her father. Is they just asked her in the house if you know what was going on was going on, and of course mm-hmm. you know that was just to me it was just plain stupid. I mean, you talk about a 12-year-old child, and and the 12-year-old child is going to cover, and they're going to feel intimidated in that household, you know? It's I just, felt intimidated, and I just said it, because I did not want to be in that situation. And, I, and nobody is me, and I'm not everybody else. But the fact is, is that just they should not take it and blow it off. No, they should not, and that's how I felt with the North Carolina people, and uh, even after because, a bunch more things, and they had doctors saying that she needed to be out of that situation, they still put her back in that situation. So, really? And then the, the, oh, and then the doctor so told me, yeah, the doctor, so this wrong. is North Carolina, doctors told me, Ugh. he is really in a bad situation. You have to do something about it. Yes. I <laughs> could not do anything about it. I had no power. They even even yeah. after they even after even after I left, they came back and asked me, "Did did this person ever touch you or anything?" And it's like no, 
they were just screwing around on other people or with yeah. other people. Their marriage was not good. And I told them it wasn't good, but they didn't listen. But they let how many kids go through there and then eventually find out. Right. And like with the little boy that I was talking about, how many other people was this woman a social worker for and what kind of things were going on in the family? So I don't know. So I think they're screening. Um, they need a little bit. They they need to yes. spend just a little bit more money and screen these yes. people a little yes. bit further and and talk to everybody. Yes. I mean, when I got my Air Force clearance, they went. They knew what kind of toilet paper I used on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how that's how something like that should be. So get more screening. <laughs> spend the extra money. Find it wherever. Mm-hmm and screen these people. Mm-hmm. I think they screen the house more than they screen the people. They screen the people, though, as far as um, criminal backgrounds and as far as um, drug abuse. You know, they make you take a drug test um, before they'll let you have a child, and then they come, yeah, they they come and look at they come and look at your home and yes, they, I mean, right down to the temperature of the water that came out of my bathroom faucet, they were checking, um, you know, what kind of medications, like I told you, I needed to have the charcoal in my, in my medicine chest, um, things like that in case of poisoning. Um, but they probably did actually now that I think about it, they probably did check my home out more than they did my husband and I. They only yeah. said that we weren't using <laughs> drugs and that we didn't, we weren't criminals. Well, that's so, a shame. Because how and do you the get FBI that used to be really house? The FBI used to be really good at doing checks. I had to have a classified clearance to work at um, the electric boat. And they did. They checked your neighbors. And you had to take there psych tests. Yeah, and there that's, you go. They, they, that's knew, what the they do need to get better at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be another really good way. So how yeah. how can we as civilians do anything about this? We keep talking about it because somebody will end up listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to, even to work in the nuclear industry because my first husband was uh, in the nuclear industry after he got out of the um, Navy. They were constantly, I'm trying to remember the name of the test, M- MPR or something. Yeah. They were constantly oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. Giving the, and these are tests that you can't cheat on. They're specifically designed to, you know, to ferret out pro- people with problems. Although, mm-hmm. you know, some people do slip through, but not very many. Well, I just think that it should be prayed, like Ronnie said. I mean, we should continue to pray about it because, you know, that's mm-hmm. where war, you know, that's where you, you battle. But just keep talking about it and, you know, just just trying to educate people and as much as we can. I mean, we're, we're, we're yeah. you know, as much as of a little voice we think we are, I don't think we're that little. I mean... 
somebody's going to run into this show and they're going to be going through a circumstance and, you know, they're going to say, well, hey. Yeah, I got a good idea from listening. Yeah, I agree with you. But we should always, always report child abuse. I'm not saying that. Oh, yeah. I don't want to give that impression at all because um, you you have to take a child out of a bad situation. Yeah, it may not be the best, the, the best thing, uh, but it's the only thing we've got right now. So we've got to work with what we've got. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. They're still breathing. They're still yeah. alive. That's why I kind of, you know, I mean, I was still breathing. I mean, I wasn't any better after I was with my dad going with my mom, but I was better off. I have to say, so it, it seems to me like the norm is a dysfunctional family anymore. Well, you I think? just don't think that, I there, know, I I think that there was always a dysfunctional family. It's just that yes, people never put I it out in the open. when you said that. Yeah, when you said that, I was thinking, well, there's a lot of messed up people today. <laughs> just living today is, uh, you know, I don't know. There's So I guess then it might, well... We can get into all the discussion on that, too. But, yeah, you know, unless there's some markers that say you should not let this person have a child. You know, you can... Uh, I think the bottom line is education. Yeah, definitely. You know, what, what the, the, the education has changed an awful lot. And, again, it goes back to politics. What mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. say that they've got to do, they give the acts out, and this is what they've got to do, the education department. And education is not what it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. They're throwing God out, and, of course, you just end up with chaos. You know, you're not allowed to speak of him. You're not allowed to share with people, to give them all. You're silenced. So people are just have gone all over the place, and and then education itself. I mean, you've got sexual education going to children at a very mm-hmm. young age mm-hmm. when they're not even allowed to be children anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got them confused now with all this gender nonsense, yeah. and I call it nonsense, and I'll call it publicly mm-hmm. nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you, it's bringing more confusion to children and it's causing mm-hmm. far more damage, but they don't care because that's the kind of world we're now living in and what our grandchildren yeah. and great-grandchildren yeah. are inheriting, and it's disgusting. Yes. They're not allowed yes. to yes, be children. Yes. They're not allowed to be taught. It was a family and community thing that brings children up. That's it wasn't. Was you weren't that. just part of a family. You were part mm-hmm. of a community, and I mean, I yeah. come from a small community, a village. And if I didn't anything wrong outside, I, it wasn't just my parents that I got chastised from. But you got chastised from your your community as well. I know your dad. I'll tell you your dad or your your, your family, and and even the local Bobby on beat. You know, if he knew, he'd, come on, I'm taking you, I'm taking you to your dad, and you'd get a clout from your dad for Bobby bringing you home, as well as a clout for what you'd done wrong. You knew not to do it again. 
not allowed this day. It's it, the, the the communities the communities are being split up. The education's changing. So the kids that I, I'll say it straight, the kids are being brainwashed. Yes. Can't even speak to half of them now. And the parents. They just, they just, and it seems the higher up in education, the more brainwashed they are. They don't know right from wrong. They don't recognise right from wrong. And well, uh, the brigade that oh, oh, make me want to vomit because it's all oh, like the child of expression. A child art is wicked, no matter what you say. A child will do what a child will do, and it learns from baby art to manipulate its parents. It knows if it cries enough, it will get attention. You might go to a, a baby, and you've you, you made sure that it's got a clean nappy on, you, uh, uh, you know, a diaper. You've you, you made sure it's fed, it's got no wind, and it's got no pain, it's, it's healthy. But that child knows how to manipulate because it's, it's in the heart of the child. And, and I mean, the scriptures tell you that, and you know yourself when you when you've had your own children. You know when a child plays up from a very young age to get what it wants, mm-hmm. and you have to be determined. So no, you can't have your own way. And as young as they are, they'll learn. But I I can learn if the boundaries have been removed. Most definitely. And and yeah. if the boundaries if the boundaries are removed, so they can do what they jolly well want. Then you're going to get cases like this where they're having children willy-nilly, without a thought. Some of them, and I know that there's a lot of them, girls get pregnant because it means the women have to work and they'll get money for doing it. And they can't be bothered yes. looking after children. A lot of them cannot be bothered. Some of them get pregnant because they didn't know what it, how, how they got pregnant. They didn't understand. They weren't emotionally mentally. Uh, um, and, and mentally um, old enough, mature, mature enough. enough yeah. You see, there's a lot of factors to it, but it boils down to splitting up a family, <laughs> splitting up a, a, a community that was part and parcel of a mm-hmm. pattern given by God for raising children and, and raising the next generation. And, and the destruction started from there. Where they were splitting up. Well, mm-hmm. they t- they took people from their porch to their television to their tablets. That's why I call yes. it the Babylonian box. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, what do you call it? The Babylonian. I call it the Babylonian box. So oh, the TV. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> they took people from hanging out on their porches. You know, mm-hmm. to what to seeing everything that all the kids do because I'll tell you what, if I didn't get it worse from the neighbor, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. but you know, they took them from the porch into the house, and now they're con- mm-hmm. their face is constantly down in something, texting, you know, doing stuff on their Facebook. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're not looking up, they're not seeing anything, and, and it causes them to be zombies, and they just don't care. They get desensitized. Yeah. And where are these where are these, these kids are left to these kids are left to to sit in front of a screen? I don't think so. Whenever Connor's in the car with me, I always tell him, "You put that thing away. You look at it later because you're with me. I want you to keep your face mm-hmm. up and look around you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you like, gotta like care enough. Yeah. 
what, what, what everybody calls the electronic babysitter. They don't know how to play. They don't know how to uh, get together. No, I'm so thankful they didn't have these when I was a child because I went outside and I rode my bike and I played in the street yeah. and I would play through the streetlights came on. And then it was time oh, to come you, And you skinned your knees, didn't you? Yeah, skinned my knees. Yeah. Well, see, now and they put these these rubber things in the playgrounds. These, these kids, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like they, they sissified them. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I used to always try to skateboard. I bought my grandkids a skateboard to have at my house when they come over. And I told my daughter, she came over here on July the 4th, and I told my daughter, oh, you know, I bought a couple of skateboards out there. Why don't you let, go out there in the garage and get them so the kids can ride them? I live on a really long, long driveway. There's no worries about a car coming and hitting them. And she said, well, did you buy elbow pads and helmets and knee pads? I said, no. And she said, well, they have to have those. What if they fall and they break? I said, Amber, I rode a skateboard from the time I was nine years old till who knows how old I was. And I never got hurt badly. It's just a straight driveway. It's not a hill. <laughs> she wouldn't let him go on it. So I guess maybe I'm out of touch, but I didn't know. No, that's, that's really how the enemy wants everybody. Enough. The enemy mm-hmm. wants everybody desensitized so that this whole thing can just take over and these kids don't have any clue as to what's happening because their parents don't know either. So, yeah. you know, they're... They're they're stuck and their souls are lost now because they weren't educated. Yeah. And I think when we were younger and the the neighborhood watched everybody else's kids, it they seems did. like mm-hmm. it seems like to me that you we all had the same values at that time. Yeah. Of yeah. This, you know That's what we're right talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If a neighbor so, saw me doing something wrong, they would say something to me. Mm-hmm. Get out of the street or whatever, whatever it was. You know, get out of the street. And I would. Um, nowadays, well, nowadays I don't think people are like that anymore. I don't have young children anymore, but um, I don't see that going wrong, uh, around with the kids in my neighborhood. So... Most of the time, I don't really see kids out there anyway, because they're probably in the house watching TV or Or playing on their phone. Case in point, I was up at the playground, I think I I used to leave my house from 8 o'clock in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon. I would never come home. I know. I know. I would drink out of the... I would drink out of the um, house because I was scared if I went in the house, my mom would tell me to stay in. <laughs> so I would just drink out of the hose back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now looking back, and I was thinking when the families were started to be torn apart, and it was the war. Yeah. And where the men Vietnam went off. War? Oh, the war. Anyway. Because, I mean, here, here in Britain, um, you know, the men went off and the women had to go out to work to do the jobs that the men did. And uh, in places yeah. like London and uh, Coventry, the heavily bombed places, the kids were evacuated mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. Into, into, into the country, you know, into Wales and places like that. 
and and that began where the the mother then was out of the home because what men came back went you know i mean millions of them didn't let's face it so the right. woman became the breadwinner yeah and when mm-hmm. when those that those men came back they didn't sort of suddenly give up the jobs because they found a new freedom mm-hmm. uh, of working outside the home and and uh, you know making a new life and of course you you'd have those that were were really badly damaged that I mean, I've just watched one about a, a guy, 93. Um, he's just had his garden done up, and he was he was in Burma working on that train, that railway, um, like like bridge over the river, quiet type of thing, you know. And uh, he was one of the survivors, and he were he wasn't the same when he came back, you know. And there were many more men that, that came back, like from First World War, from some. And from Second World War, because we, we we've got a lot of that up on on um, Facebook at the moment, where everybody's remembering the fallen, and, and um, mm-hmm. you know where where the men came back from uh, the Second World War, and and the damage. And we've got now uh, vets, and I know you've got them in America as well, but we've got vets here who are suffering mm-hmm. from PTSD. And some of them are out mm-hmm. on the streets. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, the, a the, lot of them are out on the street. The, the marriage is a break because they, they don't know how mm-hmm. to help, help them to deal with PTSD, and mm-hmm. so that's another way. And we know that all wars, all wars, are started politically, and they're there for political and financial reasons. We know that. They mm-hmm. always say, if, usually oil. When, when, when <laughs> men start wars. And women mm-hmm. will, will will slug it out between them, you know. If they sit down, we'll talk this, we'll get this sorted out. <laughs> but um, it, it's again, it's a, a, just another way of destroying communities and destroying family life. Mm-hmm. It's not just Everyone the simple that things that everybody thinks. Well, I always blame everything on the Vietnam War era over here in America because it seems like oh. that's when the breakdown of families really kind of started, you know, they they had communes, there was the new age started at like communal atmospheres and um, rather than traditional families and we don't have communes any longer, I know that, but it just kind of melded into um, living with people living with people yeah. before you got married and the traditional marriage just kind of went to the you know do you know that there's more people living together than are married in the United States today mm-hmm. so I, I but I always trace it all the way back to the 60s I think the 60s was <clears throat> very damaging to families I think it was you know, through the women's movement, um, which was really about abortions, but taking the women out of the home, you know, the feminist movement and um, mm. the sexual which revolution part, started then, which the is overall, another, you know. Yeah. It's all part of the overall planet, anyway, though, to, to disrupt families and to destroy families. Yes. You know, people don't realize what families are. Um 
My brother asked me when his marriage was splitting up, why did it mm-hmm. hurt so much? And I said, because God said that when the man and the woman get married, they become as one. So when you yes. when you split up, it's like you've been torn in two because you've yes. become one. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so painful. You're ripped apart. I mean, I I asked the Lord that when my marriage went 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 down, and and that's what mm-hmm. He explained to me. Because you become one. We well, can't become one when when you know totally one when you when you when you're living together because that commitment isn't there. The commitment and that commitment that commitment it is made to each other, but I think you're making a commitment to God too, above yeah. all. Yeah. So yeah. um yes, and that's not there. The more it's not there than the no living commitment together to God. You you broke up when you said that. I I didn't catch it. I think the more insecure when they're living together than when they are married. You would think. They're not insecure. You would think so. Forty mm. percent I mean, of all the kids going over here are out of wedlock. Yeah. You know, forty percent of children in the U.S. are born out of wedlock. That's a very oh. high number. Yeah. So. so they can't I mean, make a commitment usually, to each other, and then we wonder why they can't make a commitment to kids. Yeah, to when they have them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It has a domino mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. And then when the kids yeah. grow up, they say, yeah. should we bother? Don't mean no. And I think it may, I think that attitude comes from kids whose who's, uh, parents who were married split up. There's so much that's coming against the family. I mean, you know, uh, infidelity and and, and temptations and, you know, Mm -hmm. loose living, you name it. Uh, I mean, there's not just that. You've got got the drinks and the drugs and you've got gambling and it's all there. It's all an attack on the family. And it's all an attack against God and what he's created. Yeah. And I mean, today you're seeing it even more. It's even more obvious today. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, even in the last 20 years, you can see how it's gotten progressively worse and worse and worse. So, well, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're bringing laws out against families now, aren't they? Let's face it, they're bringing laws out against families. Mm Mm-hmm. By changing what a family is. I mean, they came out at one bit what a nuclear yes. family was. Yes. It and that was a couple and two children. Family. And now they're changing mm-hmm. what a family is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's mind control. It's, 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 it's brainwashing. Mm-hmm. We don't tolerate what you say. Therefore, you will think this way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what they tell us. Because if, oh, you, yeah. if you say anything against it, we'll put you in jail. There's a lot yeah. that now we can put you, lock you up. Yeah. The thing is, it's there, a are hate people, <laughs> it's a hate there are more people. that way. Think as we think. They're just silent. Well, I do believe that 
the churches could stand up and take a greater role instead of, well, I guess that's another show too. But I don't hear anybody crying out for the nuclear family any longer, for a man and a woman and their children. I think, that's politically incorrect, you know. That's that they're afraid to talk because they'll get in trouble. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah they'll get in like, trouble. Well, yes. You have to have that attitude, that Ra's attitude, that you don't care <laughs> what people well, think. I was just kidding when I said that. that I was trying to make you laugh. God's laws above. I think I should be placing God's laws above man's laws. I, I well, really do. I don't mind sitting here and saying this. And what are they going to do? Come arrest me? I'm, you know, whatever. Because it's it's my truth. If there's supposed to be freedom of speech, I have the freedom to say what I believe. That's how I look at it. I know they they say we have freedom of speech, but they don't. We don't. You'll hurt somebody's feelings, though. Speech. Yes, well, my dad well we've got news for them. We're you know, offended. Before, and I got over it. I've had my toes stepped on, and, and that's okay. I, don't, I lived, so I'm sure other people can too. And it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. They don't have to listen to me. They can have their own opinion. But as regards to the family... If we don't do something soon, it's, there's not going to be family any longer. No. There's just not. There's just not. I, I don't know what my grandkids will do. But I blame it all on, on the 60s and on the feminist youth movement and the sexual revolution and, uh, and the decreased role of religion in our families. Mm-hmm. I swear I blame it on on Satan. I'm sure we must have some some authors out there that that, that can put it in a better way that we can. <laughs> People just have to stop being afraid to talk. Just let it out. I mean, yeah, John the Baptist. He just, you know, from what I've what I've read. He just came out and said what he had to say, and he told people what was going to go down and stay in listen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So. That's right. You got to not be afraid to talk, and people are afraid to talk. As Christians, that's what we need to do is not be afraid to stand up and speak our faith. And because we know it's the truth, it came from God. These are. These are, you know, this was this is what God has remade me into. He's changed my thinking. He's changed. This isn't what I was when I was younger. When I was younger, I I thought that living. I would have told you that living together was fine when I was seventeen, eighteen. I would have told you it was fine. I since learned to repent of that and no it's just opening up a whole bag of sorrows for, for especially the women especially the women I think 
I know men get I hurt think that too, if, but the I women end up with would, the kids. And... I think that if people were able to see what happens spiritually, um, they probably wouldn't do the things that they do. Yeah, if they could see into the spiritual realm. And there's, see there's, who, a react, there's an act, putting a reaction them together to the with, Yes, yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I think uh, as well, you know, it, it's all right. You've got, you know, they've got their opinion. We've got ours. But um, in the end, the, you know, it's no good them mourning about what's what's happening and things that are not working out when they won't listen to what the problem is and have to resolve it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can't complain about being badly treated if you're not going doing the right thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. You can't complain about things going wrong if you're going down the wrong path in the first place. Yes. Yeah. That's you true. know, and, and all we can here, do here. Is, is is be that voice and be that light, be that salt, and whether they accept and it or not. And that's showing love no, to them. No, complaining. Yeah. Pardon? And that is showing Christian love to them. We're supposed yeah. to love our neighbors. We, yeah, that's it's by telling the truth and sharing. Yeah. Sharing. You will always the gospel come against opposition when you do. Always. Mm, you do. Yeah, which brings us to the scripture that Dorothy was talking about earlier, or I guess it was on an email, that Jesus came um, um, to to divide. Bring us up. Let's see, where is that? Let me look this up really fast. I'm sorry, I'm not good with scriptures. It takes me a minute yeah. sometimes. Dorothy, you wrote it. What's the scripture? Did you say that in Matthew? Was it Matthew he said that in? It was in Matthew, yeah. Matthew. Oh, the attitude, five, six, or seven. I think it's Matthew 10, I think. Matthew I got East Word up. Um, let me go down. I don't hear cookies. Okay. Okay. For I am come, this is Matthew 10, 35. It says, I have come to set a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her Mm mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be those of his own household. Yeah. So I just think it's speaking yes. about the division that comes even among family members over our belief, over belief yeah. or lack of belief, I guess you would say, in, in Christ. Well, I think that's why God cares so much about families, you know, when you think about it, because it says he'll take one from a family. And if you look back mm-hmm. through history, that's what he's done. He's chosen one in a family to be a spokesperson to reach the rest of the family. Now, why would he bother mm-hmm. doing it? I'd say this to our, if the audience. Why would he do this if he didn't care to reach that family by picking one person up who's open to him in order to reach the rest of the family? I was once going to a, um, 
a meetings meetings where it, it led me to. I mean, I didn't stay with them. Over here, they were known as the Jesus Army. And I, I can't remember how I ended up going there. But it was one of these routes that the Lord took me down. And while I was at one of the meetings, because I was one of the one, ones that were so outspoken, they suddenly didn't have room for me on the bus, you know. But at one of the meetings afterwards, um, I shared with um, some of them, you know, I said, Lord, just show me something. I'd like to share it with you. And he showed me uh, how one candle can turn back the darkness. And when when one yeah. candle joins to the another, you end up with yeah. a candle out to turn back more darkness. For all it yeah. takes is one candle. And that's what we are with that one candle in that one family. Family by family by family. Or even by communities. But when you've got the established churches that have been infiltrated by the enemy, and people yeah. are turning away from the church because of what they say they've been doing, you see, and, and, and a lot of them, uh, well, it, apostasy really with church is what, what, what they're coming out with now. And I'm talking about the, the establishment. I'm not talking about the body of believers. I'm talking about the establishment yeah. that everybody normally yeah. understands that the church. And, and so people are saying, well, I don't want to know any of that. Because they're, because they're hypocrites. Because of the things that What's they're coming out with. I hear that every week. Are you too? It's like a it fan or like a somebody, It sounds like someone's um, tenderizing their meat or, or something for dinner. I don't know. Do you, do you hear that, Dorothy? I, I know I just turned my air on. Is that what you're hearing, maybe? Like a ticking noise. Is it a fan? Oh, it stopped. Oh, I don't oh, hear no. a ticking noise, no. Wait, well, stop now. I heard it a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah, it stopped now. Anyway. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> Pretend it's a clock. <laughs> Did you say it's a clock? It, it does make you think. You can't take everything at face value. And you can see how the damage has come in here, here there, and everywhere. And bit by bit, it's, it's chomped away at relationships, chomped away at families, chomped away at communities. And when it, mm-hmm. when it gets um, to yeah, communities, it, it chomps away at a nation. Yes. Because if you break down the family, it's going to break down the community. It's going to break down the nation. It's going to exactly snowball, just snowball. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got asked once, oh, many years ago, um, uh, I was sharing things, witnessing, basically. And uh, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. demons and all that and the work, how demons manifest. And they said, not believing that mm-hmm. rubbish, do you? And I mm-hmm. said, well, you see it every day and you can see what yeah. they do. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they didn't walk away. They just said, well, how can you do it? I said, well, you've got to understand 
what their characters are like. And when you understand what their mm-hmm. characters are like, you can see it's happening all around you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, you, you can't see what the wind is, but you can see its effects. Yeah. And it's the same with, 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 with demonic activity in an area. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this particular area, I found out some history that um, there were a coven of witches used to, to meet uh, at a golf course, not, far, not you know, about two, two or three miles from here, on a, on a hill. Mm-hmm. And they'd meet at midnight on this hill and people had seen them and they were able to disappear. And uh, oh. I found out some things for this area as well. So I started praying for it. And, um, you know, just taking it all before the Lord. I mean, I, I, I don't know about all this sort of stuff. And I just went to him because I'm, I'm not complicated. I call a spade a spade. I don't, I don't mess about and try and find long words to express something. And I just said, Lord, mm-hmm. this is going nuts. You know, what can we do about it? How, how can we sort this mm-hmm. out? You know, can you send us some help? And mm-hmm. um, I found out that he works in an area when we call him into that area, when we when we pray mm-hmm. to him, when we ask him to step in. Because he's a righteous God, he will not come un- uninvited. But when we invite him into a situation or into an area, you know, that's when we'll see things changed. We, we, we lived at one house. Um... Oh, I think kids were about teenagers. Stephen was still at youngest. He was still at senior school. That's when he had his back damaged. And um, we'd gone, we'd got to this house, and I, and I know the lad had sent us here. He provided it, and things started happening there where there were break-ins every night. There were riots every weekend. There were there were drugs druggies and there were glue sniffers and I said oh lord move us away from here please you know move us away from here <laughs> and he said no yeah. stand and watch and see what I, I can do and uh, oh. I'm not joking that following weekend there, were, there used to be a lot of pubs and um, three of them got closed down that weekend that stopped the rising <laughs> drugs were being sold in one pub the glue snippers that were down the lane that used to lead to the pit further up the road, they got moved on. The breaking stopped because that person got got found and arrested. And one oh. particular night, they were around. We, we were like in terraced housing. And I, I, my, I was in attic bedroom where I looked out from the roof oh. um, down onto, onto um, back. And uh, this, this, these two families were having a real bad argument. So I started praying in tongues over it. And within 10 minutes, it went silent and everybody went to bed. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I love when, when I see the Lord work just like that so yeah. quickly. I love that. It's easier, it's easier to pour your heart out to him and tell him. And mm-hmm. ask him to intervene. And send yeah. angels to intervene. And it's a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. I found yeah. that when I'm praying about a certain thing, he will give me mm-hmm. pictures or he'll give me scriptures 
And as oh, they give me pictures, and as they give me pictures, I pray them out. Uh-huh. And one of them was when Paul's voice disappeared, when his uh, ex-partner, because they were living together, she uh-huh. disappeared with a voice when they were little. And uh, he was staying with me, and that, it, it was heartbroken because we didn't know where they'd gone. She, uh, she changed uh-huh. the names and disappeared with them. So I says, right, we're going to a lot about this. Oh, good grief. Good so grief. we asked yeah, Oh, yeah. he's gone through it. We knew what to do this time, man. <laughs> and so yeah, I went to the Lord, yeah. prayed yeah. and asked the Lord. And he, what the picture, mm-hmm. the, the picture and the scripture he gave me was King David when he'd been out with his army, and they'd mm-hmm. come back. And the camp had been been uh, ransacked, and all the wives of the children had disappeared. And uh, all the men turned against David. If we hadn't been following you, our wives and our children would have been safe. It's all your fault. And David just turned to the Lord because he was just as shattered about his own wife and, and children. And he said, shall we, shall we chase him? And he said, yes, but where do we go? Well, the raiding party had left behind someone who I can't remember if we were injured or ill. And they found him, and he says, ah, if you look after me, I'll show you where they've gone. So David says, right, bring him, I'll look after him, you show us where we are. Because the Lord said, yes, go on, and you'll recover all. And uh, and which they did do. So anyway, we prayed that, and I said, right, Paul, I says, the Lord, give me this, and he says, we'll recover all, we've just got to follow what he does. A couple of days later, we got, uh, he were... He were on the sick at the time. They were getting welfare money for being sick. And um, he got a, a, he didn't get no money. So he rung up to find out why he hadn't got his money. And they said, well, you've moved. And he says, I have moved. And he says, yes, you have. We've got a letter here. What address you got? And they gave him address. And um, he says, well, that's wrong. He says, um, it's this address. And uh, who, who signed it? He well, you signed it. He says, I ain't signed no, because I ain't moved. And when we found out the address, he says, hang on a minute, she ran about going to move, dear. So he went up to that address, and it was the very address uh, where, the, where she moved to, and it was the boys, and she tried getting his sick money into her. So we got her. Oh. And so we went to see a solicitor, and yeah. it took two years fighting but um, because she told them that we were dead. So by the time he got to see the boys, they were traumatised to find out their dad weren't dead and the nan weren't dead. They were alive. I mean, they're in the teens now, them boys. And uh-huh. uh, they're away from the dad now. Uh-huh. You know. But you see, that's what prayer does. It's powerful. Yeah. Power mm-hmm. because it's not just very powerful, yes. Somebody who don't care. You you're talking to somebody who loves families, who creative families, and who who's willing mm-hmm. to step into communities and families, who's willing to do something. And in the scripture about uh, one could put ten thousand to flight. All it takes is one person to put 10,000 to fly. That's right. That's right. So 
Don't That's ever right. think that you, you, you know, your prayers uh, fall on deaf ears when it comes to calling out to, to God. It, it doesn't. I've I prayed all my life, and I've seen answers to prayer all my life. I mean, I prayed for my ex when we were when we were still married and we were in army. Um, uh-huh. Uh, oh, where were we now? We were at Warminster, and they used to go on to Salisbury Plain for for uh, manoeuvres. They'd go for about six weeks at a time. I mean, it, we were at bottom of hill, really, as, as the tanks went up. We were at the bottom. You could hear them, and in fact, our flats, our apartments, used to shake. You know, as tanks went past. And um, this particular time, I'd, I'd prayed for my for my husband that you know he'd come back safe because no matter how, even though the manoeuvres, they could still get killed on manoeuvres, especially when they're doing live firing. Mm-hmm. He, he came back, um, and I'd seen this picture, something to do with washdown where they washed out tanks just before they come off so the uh-huh. plane. And I didn't understand, so I just prayed. And I found out that I, he would first come off a sort because he used to race to get off first and get back home. And he was the first down to wash down. Five minutes before he got to that, they found an unexploded bomb. Been planted. And it would have hit his tank. Five minutes before. Oh. Another time, um, it were out, I knew he were out all week. And uh, I got this vision, and I, I, in this vision, I got this knock on the door at apartment. We call them flats. You know, I got a knock on the flat door. And I opened the door, and he stood there. In this vision, he stood there in this combat, and you couldn't see the green, and it was just brown mud. And he, he, he wore round um, metal glasses, which we used to call his gas bag glasses, because when they put the gas, bag, uh, gas masks on, these, fit, these glasses fitted in, these spectacles fitted in. And all he could see was this sort of brown bit where his eyes poked through, where he just wiped his glasses, and this white bandage on his head. And I looked, and I said, you better come in before you set, and, you know, I've got to chip you out of your uniform. And the vision went. And I said, Lord, that's a funny thing to see. So I, I prayed mm-hmm. for his safety. And all yeah. week I kept thinking about it. On the Thursday, uh-huh. I knocked at the door. And there he stood, caked in mud, with his gas bag glasses, rubbed where he could just see his eyes and this white bandage around his head. Two of the tanks had... had one had gone in reverse and one had gone forward. 40 mile an hour crashed into one another. And he was one at drivers. And there was that much dust around they couldn't see. And he was one at drivers. And as they crashed, his head banged back onto a bolt where his head popped through a turret. Got a, got a bolt went into the back of his head. A what is A bolt. You know, one of the bolts. Oh, on, uh, okay. Oh, uh, bolt. Okay. Went to the back of his head. So, one of the guys up on top lifted gun turret, otherwise it would have cut one of the other guys straight in two. And the other one um, had got thrown off a tank. He'd been having back problems, and his back 
uh, it put him back three months with treatment on his back. There were no deaths. Thank God for that. There were no deaths. Yes. But I'll never forget that. Praying for his safety. And I saw it. Time and time again. Uh, another time it, that the Lord said, I want you to pray now. in Ruston. <laughs> and I went straight into... Are you, I, you know, I always used to laugh about the closet. You know, I closed the door and could go into your closet and pray and the Lord will see in secret. We'll reward thee openly. Well, we used to call mm-hmm. the toilet the closet. Mm-hmm. And I always used to go and pass myself in there so I could mm-hmm. pray. Now, I've been reading, I've been sat reading my Bible and then I went in there and I said, Lord, I, I know it was nine o'clock. I remember that vividly. And it was around the time when our marriage were actually splitting up, but he told me to go and pray for him urgently. So I went in there and I prayed for him. And I, I just prayed for his safety. It was nine o'clock. And I got a picture of me, my brother-in-law as well, our parents, uh, first husband, said, pray for him. So I prayed for him as well. I didn't know why. I just did it. Mm-hmm. I just followed what he told me to do. He was going to come back that night, and uh, he says, you'll never guess what. He says, I'll go down City Road, which is a very steep road, into, into Sheffield Centre. He said, and then I come into towards the traffic lights. It had been snowing. Suddenly I had no brakes, and, and the lights turned red, and I knew I weren't going to be able to stop. And uh, he says, I said, what time are you? He says, oh. Funny enough, I looked at clock, he said it was nine o'clock. I says, oh, worry. He says, well, all of a sudden, just as I got to lights, going down sideways, just as I got to lights, my wheels found traction and I were able to shoot off on someone's side. I says, all right. I says, well, at nine o'clock, the Holy Spirit told me to go in, in, in there and pray for you. He went grey. He went ashen grey when I told mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And the next day, I got a, a my sister came, we had, we, we had a husband, and she says, I wanted to come, but he it, it, it decided, no, I, I weren't allowed to come, and then all of a sudden he changed his mind and let me come over, and so we've come over to see you. And I were able to witness to him as well. Oh. Prayer is powerful, and I think you know when we're coming up to situations with families, you've got to pray. And sometimes you've got to pray. The answers mm-hmm. are not always what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might think that well, prayer would have saved my marriage. Well, prayer was mm-hmm. the guidance for which I got Real to go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to go mm-hmm. by that. And what my I was daughter. Told, my my daughter was just talking to me about the power of prayer today. She was telling me yeah. because she has um, a son, a 16-year-old son, and he doesn't do anything. Well, he got into he's been getting into a little bit of trouble, um, and she was just at her wit's end. He he wanted to play video games, and we all know how bad video games are. Among mm. other things, he was into so. She said she started praying, and she called me today, and she said, Mom, I've just been praying that God brings my whole family closer to him. And she said the change in David over the past couple weeks has just been phenomenal. 
he came up yeah. to me and he told me, Mom, do you know what? She said, what? He said, do you know you go through withdrawal if you quit playing video games? And look, I looked it up on the Internet and look what it said. And she said he wants to go to church. He's rejoined his youth group. He, he just did a complete turnaround. I said, well, he repented. That's what he did. He repented. Yeah. Praise God. And the prayer did help. Yes, because God yeah. answers prayers. Especially yeah. those that we're praying for others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, one in a family yeah. can make a whole difference. A whole difference in the whole dynamic of the family. That's, yeah. that's so correct. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing those stories. I do. I love hearing stories of people's answered prayers yeah. like that. Well, I think as well. I mean, when we've been discussing, you know, with a, with a, with the um, social, that 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 should be something that a lot of uh, you know a lot of intercessors that that may be listening in that that could put at top of the list for these children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, because that's, children are yeah. a gift, and I've always believed that, and I, I thank God for each one when they were born and asked his blessing on each one, and I claimed mm-hmm. them for him on each one as they were born. You know, they were mm-hmm. minutes old when I held them, and, and I said, Lord, I thank you for the, for the gift of this child, and I ask your blessing on this child, and I ask you to put your hand on this child, and I claim them for you. In fact, every baby I've looked after, I've done that with. I've claimed them all. I love babies. You know what, too? I was sitting there thinking, it wasn't just good for my grandson. It's good for her to be able to see the Lord work like that in their lives. Like She was yeah. just so, so happy that it has to be. Well, I know it is for me, too, when I see the Lord work. I'm just in awe. It's awe. It's inspiring. It's awesome. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's the Lord's work. Yeah. I think it tickles him, you know, when we ask him. Mm-hmm. I, I, get, so. I also get this yeah. impression he's got a big smile on his face and saying, I've uh-huh. been waiting to do this. I want to show you what I uh-huh. can do. Yes, yes, yes. I think he does. I think he, yeah. he sits and he smiles and he says, yeah. I've yeah. been waiting for you to ask me. Uh-huh. Because she well that her. Back. Into the rope. She didn't know what else to do with her son. And then, yeah. bam. Yeah. Prayer. One, of, one of the things he once, he once said to me was, I'd gone to him with, with my bird, and, and I mean, it were, oh, I would say within 80s. And uh, I'm there, you know, crying my eyes out and, and, and pouring my eyes out to him. And he says, Pam. And he gave me this picture where I'd gone in with this huge bin liner of a burden and I'd brought it and I'd put it like, rather like a Santa with a black sack and I'd put it in front mm-hmm. of him and I'd poured my ass out and here's my burden, Lord, and oh, I need you. <laughs> I can see it now. Oh, I need your help. And, uh, and he said, yes, yeah. I'll help you. Yeah, just leave it with me. And I picked sack up what we had and I picked sack and gone back home with it. And it, and he's and he's, he's called me back in. He says, "What are you doing?" I says, "Well, you said you'll do it now." I says, "Well, why don't you leave them here then? Why do you keep sucking them back with you?" Yeah. And that's what we do. I've from, done that though. We, we do yeah. do that. Yeah, we walk in with the bird yeah, and we do. carry it back out. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'll pray and I'll leave it up, leave it, leave it there with with, with God, and then I come and pick it back up. Yeah, well, Paul's Uh-oh, learned I picked a lot it back up. I need to leave it back in again. Yeah, Paul's learned a lot these last few weeks, an awful lot. Well, uh, amen. That's good. I was telling you, know, you yeah. Well, it, it was getting all the thoughts coming across his mind, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Especially after she'd been snatched, and um, mm-hmm. all the thoughts were there. They were on the phone every night, and I'm saying, Paul, did you give it to the Lord? Yeah. I was playing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you going to believe what's coming into your mind, or the Lord? The Lord. I said, Well, what do you say when you believe He's taking over? Thank you. I said, Right. Don't. You've got to bring all those thoughts captive, and not have them. Yes. You've got oh, praise the Lord. You've got a problem, you go see the Lord. Don't come and bother me about it. And then next day to come back again, ma'am, ma'am, do what I told you. It's it's stretching you, it's it's um it's exercising your faith. I said and sometimes yeah. Yeah, yeah. the longer it takes it means that you you you're being strengthened in your faith. Call it promotion mm-hmm. if you want, but you've just got to Lift them weights up and use them. And uh, he said, I do, ma'am, he says, but, you know, and then it comes to going to um, court, and he says, oh, ma'am, and I says, I don't know what you're worried about. It's already been sorted. It's already been prayed over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go. Oh. And then, told, just sit back and watch the fireworks. And he did. Yeah. 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 And by that night, she was back. I mean, there's mopping up the There's still things that's got to. There's still things that's got to come to pass. But I said, look, everything I'd prayed for Paul, I says, and I know that the ladies have been praying. I says, um, we've got the answers. I says, so, you know, we're seeing mm-hmm. what God can do. I says, and he's not finished yet. I says, because yeah. I, I said, Lord, you know, you've told us we've got to remit their sins. We can't hold their sins against them. We must remit them. If you don't remit them, you're hanging on to them and he can't work. But once you remit them, you'll set them free for God to work on them. And we prayed they will reach into that family and deliver them because that's what we are meant to do. That is what we're meant to do. I will be praying for them, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, you know, he'll deal with it, but I said, he's merciful. You hold anything against him, you've got to remit him. And no matter how many times that anger might come or that that hurt might come, you've got to remit it. You've got to let it go and give it back to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It frees him up. My husband tells me that all the time. Not all the time, yeah. but my husband has to remind me that sometimes. He'll say, didn't you pray about that? And I'll say, yes. And he said, well, why did you pick it back up? It's already yeah. done. Give it back to God and be and ask for peace because it's already done. Okay. okay. Sometimes you have to persist in prayer. There are certain things that you have to keep on praying about. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like Jesus gave... Um, that scripture about the, the the unjust judge where the woman hounded him night and day 
If he went to the toilet, should be outside waiting for him. If he went, if he went mm-hmm. down the street, should be there waiting for him. He says, "Don't you think, man, that that woman, woman's persistence? I mean, it's my own paraphrase, obviously, but that woman persisted with that unjust judge." And in the end, he gave up. They said, "Give her what she wants. I'm not going to get no peace." He said, "Don't you think, your Heavenly Father, I'll hear you and answer you." Persistent, persistent prayer until you know you've got that answer. Yeah. The the things that you can't just say once and that's it. There are other things that you say. You know you've got answer. You know, though, you feel that in your spirit. How much does it matter to you? The Lord's already sent out all kinds of angels to come help you. and Don't worry. Have you fell asleep, Ross? I didn't fall asleep. I'm just listening to you two. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, you were telling good stories, yeah. What's you were that? Uplifting. I said I like listening to her talk because she's uplifting. Oh, Pam? Pam is. She's yes. great. She's great. I mean, Ollie is our, but she, she's, you know, we all have our, our different ways of doing things and and talking. And, you know, she's she's got a lot of experience behind her. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really, you know, when it's logical, you know, it, it's really easy to understand, you know, her when she talks mm-hmm. and, and you too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you guys have a lot of, well, I'm probably the youngest out of all these, but yet I, I know I've experienced a lot in my life. Um, you know, but I do like talking to her. I, I, I email her from work. <laughs> Oh, you do? Yeah. I do during the oh. day. I email her from work. I do. I, I talk to her sometimes, but I mean, she she definitely comes across well and makes a lot of sense. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I like her stories that she tells. Yeah, most definitely. She's she's prayed a lot. And, you know, and it, it's been kind of, I pray, but it's been really kind of hard to, I'm trying to get my brain back into that. Um, I, I talk to Father all the time. That's just it. I talk to him all the time. And, but I don't, I, I guess, you know, the grief had gotten in a way, in the way for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're hurting, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really trying to get out of that and, and to pray and mm-hmm. Spend some you time with them. The yeah. 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 No, I understand. Prayer is talking to him, isn't it, Ross? Talking to him is praying to him, though. Prayer is talking to him, isn't it, Ross? That's what prayer is. It's communicating with God. Yeah, but I've got to be getting on his nerves by now. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, no, no. I think I'll bet No, he's smiling. Don't, didn't you listen to Pam? He's smiling at you. I'm a brat. <laughs> Those of us who get the four before and the frying pan usually are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just get this feeling like, oh, he's just putting his hand on his head going, oh, my gosh, this girl. I get that feeling, too, with the Lord sometimes. Like, he's like, oh, no, what are we going to do with this one? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I once last time he saw me, um, I went to horse this time. <laughs> um, and he said, what he showed me was, uh, there were like a, a, a hedge uh, like a um, a privet head, uh, you know, a box one. And uh, I was hiding behind that, and he was at the other side, and he's saying, come on, and I'm hiding behind it, and I won't go round. I was too terrified to go round. And uh, he said, that's, that's where you are, you're riding. And uh, he says, I see you there, and I know you're there, and I know you want to come, but I was too scared to go round the other side in case he didn't want to know me. Wanted to see me. I think I've gone past that bit now. <laughs> Are you doing okay, Dorothy? Are you still here with us? I'm still here so far. Yay. Are you keeping so an eye on the time? I, I am. It's 545. Is something okay, wrong? So- Did I not do something right? No, we not, just have to keep no, an eye on the time. time. Yet. Okay. 1.45 here. <laughs> what so time that, is it there? 1.45. 1.45. I you know you're working a letter. How much time we have left? We have 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. So I think we've concluded that the answer to everything is prayer. Yeah. It's the Lord. Head over head with a frying pan. Yeah. Prayer and being a light for your family and your community. Yeah. Are there any things we should specifically be praying for the situation with the children? Because some people yeah. run out of words. And they don't know what to pray for. So, well, number pray one, for I discernment and safety. Yeah. A lot of times, if you ask what God wants you to do, He lets you know. But well, I'll tell you what. If He's letting me know, I mean, He really got to hit me over the head with something hard. Yeah, sometimes we have to hit me on the head with something hard, too, because I'm stubborn. And sometimes I just don't see what's in front of me. So I I, I hate to say it like this, but I have to tell the Lord sometimes to just make it abundantly clear <laughs> what I'm supposed to do because I just don't know. And I, but he will. He will. He just does. 
I don't know. I think that if you see a family in need, I guess. Um, oh, most definitely, and don't think to yourself. This annoys me people sometimes. Well, I need a word from Father whether or not I should do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. If you see a family in need, you should just, yeah, you should go talk to them. or, But definitely put them in prayer first. Mm. If there's a child that's being hurt, you have to. Of course, you have to report it. Oh, yeah, of course. I think that's why I got into law enforcement, because I, 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 I wanted to help so many people just uh, help them. Because yeah, I well, was there once, good. you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not there mm. anymore. I'm, I'm too, too old now to be in that. But when I was younger, it was just a, you know, I got to, you know, but I was fighting myself with it. I, I went into it for the wrong reason. I thought all men were just losers and, you know, treated women like trash and threw them away. And that's only because of what I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not the case at all. No. I used to think that, too, though. For a long time. It's just, uh, it's, I think God healed that part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm raising a man, you know. Huh? I'm raising a man. Yeah. Train a child up in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Sound like you have a good boy. I think if anybody's, I think if anybody's listening, you know, anybody that's listening in, what they need to know is that God loves them, and yeah. He cares about them. There's not one person Very much. that He doesn't care about, and that He's not willing to help if they will ask Him. Mm-hmm. If they will ask Him, He will help. He'll step in, whether it's a child or whether it's an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All they have to do is ask mm-hmm. him. We've all experienced that because that's what we've done. And we've gone through yes. various yeah. trials in our lives, whether it's been through foster system, whether it's been through damaged relationships as a child or as an adult. Um, we've, we've been through that. And we've found that when we've cried out to God, he's heard us and he's answered and that's why he's called us together to do a program like this, to share different things that we've experienced so that they might find hope in, 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 the, in the world we're living in today. And Jesus is coming back soon. You know, it really is. It really is. And you want to reach out for him now while you can. Especially. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's still time. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you live. No. We can all be one. Even 
So I'm, what, all, over 3,000 miles away in my little corner. We can still be one in the spirit. We can still support one another. So don't ever think that you're cut off. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. ever think God doesn't love you because Cause we're a family. he died for you. Yes. That's yeah, what God yeah. created as a family, yeah. Because it matters to him. It's it's part of mm-hmm. who he is. That's right. Because you're my sister in Christ. Yeah. So... And wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Amen. Yeah, amen. And we don't have to be physically together, but in the spirit. Yes. Yes. Bless the Lord. Thank you for that. You've got to have hope. You've got to have If you don't have hope, I mean, there's too many... Uh, I'm reading about the, 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 the kids that are killing themselves because of bullying in school. You know, why? Why? why where does this bullying come from? This thoughtlessness, this looking down on others simply because of the difference. Why does it and matter? Why are kids are always bullies? Why are kids always bullies? I thought bullies yeah, but not like all the time. Today, how are they different today? It's like that the, well, the, they've got to finish. It's more, oh, I don't know. I mean, I were always bullied at school. I mean, I used to get beaten. And, uh, and then when I was 15, I just got fed up and I said, right, I've had enough. And the girl that had been picking on me, I made arrangements to see her in, in clock room. And uh, when I shut the door, I just, I just whacked her one. And while she was laid on the floor with me off wide open, I said, right, I've had enough now. I don't start on me no more. And I walked away. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Good for you. Step up for yourself. <laughs> the bullying today, I mean, I, I wasn't able to a mouse. You know, I, I, I was terrible. And it's only since I've, I've been on my own uh, uh, as a single parent that I've sort of got any backbone. And, and that, that Lord did that. He shook some steel up my backbone. <laughs> But um, today it's it, it's really really cruel. It's it's so cruel where 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 they pick on other kids mm-hmm. today, and it it's disgusting. And I mean, a lot of it is girls. A lot of it is girls, and it's disgusting. And they should be ashamed. What a shame. What a shame that kids can't be kids. Yeah. Anymore. But this, Anymore. this mm-hmm. is the pressure that they're under. This mm-hmm. is the pressure. That, and I'll tell you what, see, mags and all this rubbish that they put out, a lot of that, a lot of that's that. It's the pressure that put them under. And I think, you know, if we've got anything for an intercessor to pray about, is, is, these, is the kids... You know that that I mean that when when they're getting onto them, I mean on Facebook of all places and things like that, Twitter and Twitter and these Snapchat things, where they're sending messages one to another and and, and destroying lives. Mm-hmm. 
the tools of the devil, the tools of the enemy. And I'm not just yeah. talking about electronics, I'm, I'm talking about the people that are doing it. Yeah, yeah. This is this is how how, we, how deep it goes. Well, that's what you get for not. I'm not saying you like you said you shouldn't go and beat the daylights out of somebody, but you know a good switch mm. doesn't hurt. Yeah. 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 Good parenting might help some of that. But if the parents yeah. are if the parents' nose is in something else other than being concerned about their child, then you know, <laughs> see, I this is how I see my son. I am his first female relationship, so he's going to be mm-hmm. somebody's father, somebody's grandfather, somebody's husband someday. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure that he he has. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I want to make sure he has some kind of, you know grows up with respect and, and, and you know, understands. And, and I just, if people would just think, just think, these are the first relationships that these children have is with their parents. And it's just, it, I don't know, it just means a lot to me. I, I, you know, my son means a lot to me, so. Yeah. I hope so. What's that? That's good. I said I would hope so. That's good. That's a good that you well, want to be a good parent. It's a very good thing. You don't have to you know, make an excuse. It's very good. I more people should be like that. But people have problems. You know, people do have problems. And, um, Understood. I mean, there's so many. There's so many single mothers. Being a single mother is hard. You know that. Right. It is very hard. From home, from work. And you're tired, and you've got a son, and he needs help with homework, or he needs whatever. He parenting is a job. It's a job. It's a hard job. So. Most definitely, but you know. But you take it seriously. And not all parents. I have to like you said, I got to go before God and answer. Well, we've you know got I mean? 90 seconds. So is there anything you guys want to say before we close? I really Keep enjoyed the show with you ladies tonight. I really enjoyed tonight, too, more than I think ever. I think I really enjoyed this. I love your story, Sam. It's so inspirational. Well, the testimony is of what God can do. Yes, testimony, what God can do. Yep. Love it. And, and to keep trying, and to keep trying, you know. Mm. Just keep trying. But we've got hurt, nothing hurt. is impossible. Exactly. Dorothy? Do you have anything to say, Dorothy? I know have covered it Can all. I hate to ask you this. I see the intro, but I don't see the outro. There's no for outro us. for us. Oh, there isn't. Okay. All right. No, David has an outro, but we don't have one. Okay. Well, well good night, I you guys. I had a lot you. of fun. I really enjoyed 
I really enjoyed I this with too. you. Yeah. Have a good week. Say good night then to everybody. Oh, good morning. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Yeah. 2 a.m. All righty, bye-bye. God bless. God bless. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Hit the end episode Friday. I just, I just love Pam. Do I? So do I just click end episode? Yes, you do. Right now? Right now. Goodbye, everyone. Right. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs>